Welcome to Hardly a Week 35. Today is Monday, August 28th, 2023. This is a short form podcast that covers things that I think will interest you. Sorry for the late delivery this week, everyone. I have been pretty sick over the weekend, so I couldn't stay up late to see all the blogs that were coming in the end of the week before we jumped into it. But let's go through. I actually have a fair few more doing this on a Monday for everyone here. So the first one that I've got is written by Abhiram Kumar, Deep Dive into Windows Diagnostic Data and Telemetry, eventtranscript.db part two. So you can definitely go find the DB part one yourself, but it just goes through the scenarios that uh, this piece of forensic evidence on the system in Windows obviously has. Uh, the first scenario is the SHA-1, uh, and then talks about CLI binaries. So that's if you're running binaries via command line and the type of evidence that will be in this event transcript.db or the, the database itself. Good one to read. Uh, lots of good information in here. Moving on to the next one. This is still in, I guess, the digital forensic space. I couldn't decide between the two. So they're both here. Volatility 3, remote analysis on cloud object storage. This is on the Forensic X Lab. And I can't see an author for this one, but it goes through, talks about object storage and then how to use volatility on the cloud storage to get evidence out of, which will, as we're moving more and more to the cloud or, or we're seeing more and more cloud evidence appear in our cases, or just to be ahead of the curve uh, in using some of this, because I know I have never used volatility on any cloud evidence before. Uh, this will be a nice quick read. It's only, it says it's only an eight minute read. Uh, but it fits in the bucket of DFIR, volatility, and memory forensics. Then moving on to writing better Yara rules in 2023. This author, again, I can't see, it just says Adam. I'll try and find them and link their LinkedIn account or at least their profile here. They did a previous post where they talked about how to consolidate large unorganized Yara rule sets, which if you've ever been in an organization where you're getting Yara's, Yara rule sets in or new Yara rule sets come out, how to put them all into one file and then scan with whatever scanner you're using to hunt across your environment. The main point of this article is quality control, uh, which I'm all for. I love quality control. Uh, I think it makes everyone's job easier, no matter where you sit, whether you're technical, non-technical or what. So that's why I like this one. Moving on, a blog on Bitdefender, CTI and its frameworks, unpacking the diamond model. Oh, I, I want to say Hozu Ledesma is the author for this one. If you're looking to get into CTI, uh, Diamond Model will be your kind of bread and butter. You'll know this back to front. Essentially, it's a diamond. And what it does is it tries to categorize cyber threat on the four different points of the diamond. And those points are adversary capability, infrastructure, and victim. Rather than doing country or person or person's attribution, it does attribution via this way. So uh, even if different people were doing the same attack, if they still appeared at the same way behind adversary capability, infrastructure and victim, you can still categorize via the diamond model. Uh, and this is a nice intro article for that. Moving on, we're going on to trustworth.ee, writing my first Sigmaral container residence discovery. I love blogs like this, where someone is just learning how to do something for the first time and they write down their methodology. It may not be perfect. It may not be the way that everyone does it, but putting your thoughts down and sharing it with community is awesome to see. 
Uh, I think this goes through, talks about getting started. They did it on a Linux host. Then they formulate their approach. Yep. Then they look at the open source community and conformance. And then they also then go through and give some other uh, learning pathways or other things you can go read or do after that. So I really love blogs like this. Again, uh, I don't see a direct author for this one, but I will, before I post it up, I'll definitely try and see if I can get one. Next, we're looking at mobiledit.com. Uh, they have some upcoming free webinars. I Now, I don't directly endorse this company. I think they're, yeah, they're a company. I don't directly endorse this company. I've never seen their stuff before. It just piqued my interest in the upcoming webinars that they seem to have here. Could be great. Could be average. Uh, they have a whole bunch. So let's go through the first four that I see. But SmartWatch Forensics, uh, I like this one because it talks about how to uh, collect, I think, as well. Yeah, they're covering Samsung Garmin, Al Catal, A L C A T. I've never heard that brand before. TLC and others, uh, iOS Jailbreak, Advanced Photo and Image Analysis, Mobile Edit Forensic Tips and Tricks could be for their product if they have one and there's a whole bunch more so uh link here uh, looks like they're coming up end of august into october as well september october as well so you can definitely check that out and fill up your calendar moving up we've got another blog on medium by forensic labs ecs forensics and incident response this just piques my interest again because it's kind of cloud the useful stuff that I saw straight away, so there's a video on here that you can watch on YouTube, but there was container investigation data sources in AWS, which I love to see. So it's a quick breakdown of uh, what logs, what they show, the usefulness, and how AWS collects it. So for example, CloudTrail logs shows API level calls, usefulness, low, collected by S3. There's a whole bunch of other stuff here, but if you're just starting out, this is a good way to, I guess, get some of the terminology and see what logs are out there. Moving on into malware, we've got malware persistence via Telegram and, and GitHub. I'm always fascinated by how malware can maintain persistence through social media platforms, or in this case, Telegram being a messaging app and then GitHub being just an open source platform. Uh, it goes through a Telegram loader, GitHub hosted multi-skimmer, what else? It's got some ISCs at the bottom. It's a fairly quick read and I don't think too technical. So this one uh, will be quite good for those beginners out there. Next, still kind of in the malware space, uh, more on the defensive side though. So tuning 365 defenders anti-malware controls. I just like this because it's practical. It goes through and tells you how to enable stuff that is off by default, which is great to see. When I was doing IT incident response, you see this a lot, and I still guess I see it doing ICS incident response, but you will come across a, a customer's environment and the malware's managed to run. They're like, oh, but we've got all these defenses and all these anti-malware tools in place. And you go find that uh, the defender or uh, some other tool um, was like, hey, we noticed this. We didn't block it because your policies weren't enabled to block this kind of thing. So it's that balance of trying to find how much stuff do I block so I'm not stopping people who work for my company doing what they're meant to be doing versus uh, not blocking enough and then malware gets through. So you've got to find that happy balance. But this is why testing your products, constantly tuning them, getting feedback from the people that are working around in your organization 
is so important. That kind of all encompasses tuning and it's part of the preparation phase for incident response and being like a security operations center if you have that kind of thing within your organization. The good thing about tuning 365 Defenders and email controls, I think you can actually set up a test environment of one of these if you look through Microsoft, one of their certification pathways. Uh, it's free to spin up and then you can have a play around with it and um, tune some of this yourself because uh, no matter where you go, like whether you're external or internal, you'll see this in environment. So it's always good to upskill yourself in this. Finally, uh, we're talking about tools. So this one is done by Mandiant. I'm sure everyone who listens to the podcast has heard of Mandiant before. They are a threat intelligence and professional services organization, now part of Google Cloud, which is their tagline for everything. They put out a whole bunch of free tools. So things like they put out Flare VM, which is an install script, essentially, that you can run on a Windows machine that'll install a whole bunch of reverse engineering tools. They, I was having a look at their GitHub before, uh, Flare Floss, which is an obfuscated string solver, Commando VM, which is their offensive VM. They have a whole bunch of stuff. They're always putting, putting it out. Many is filled with very, very smart people, potentially one of the best companies in the world for cyber. They, I've used an old tool of theirs called uh, Redline in uh, Forensics before. I think that's now been discontinued. I didn't find it active on their GitHub, but I didn't look too much. The current tool that they've recently updated is Kappa. So it detects capabilities in executable files. You run it against a PE, which is a uh, Windows binary, and ELF, which is a Linux binary, uh, and .NET module or shellcode file and tells you what it thinks the program can do. For example, it might suggest the file is a backdoor, is capable of installing services, and relies on HTTP to communicate. Good one to download, try it out. You don't even need to try this against malware. You could just try this against other files that you know what do. So you could chuck maybe like OneDrive.exe against it, kind of see what it comes out. From looking at the GitHub, it gives you the attack technique and then the capabilities uh, and then talks about the namespace. So definitely give that a try. So finishing up this week, I have come off the back of presenting at Adelaide Sec in Adelaide about a week ago now. I spent the whole week developing a whole bunch of capability for SVT, but also uh, Leo, my lead content editor, and myself put together a highly adequate 2023 CTF, which we ran from Friday to Sunday. We had just under 30 people play uh, I had prizes for the first three people, which have now been sent out to those people. So congratulations for those that played and secured a spot in the top three, but also to everyone else that came along and played and had some fun, maybe learned something else. Keep a lookout. I will be posting along with Leo a detailed walkthrough on the questions. We still had lessons learned, even though we validated it and issues that happened during the CTF. It luckily didn't affect uh, any of the top three because we had moderated support the whole time to help look out for that that'll be coming out in two weeks time on a monday on youtube that's it for me this week thanks for listening as always the best way to support at the moment is to subscribe to the podcast and like and subscribe to my youtube channel i also have merch including that challenge coin it has a cypher competition on it still unsolved by anyone i know a couple of people are up to the last level at least but it definitely ramps up in that last level it gets very difficult if you're interested, you can head over to shop.hardlyadequate.com for that. All this and more is linked from my website, hardlyadequate.com, and I'll catch you all next week.